Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Lance Curve Show. Sorry for the wake-up voice. It, it wasn't too long that I woke up. And I don't usually go on timelines. I don't usually go and look at Facebook or timelines like that. I, I look at what's happening in the world. I look at different sources of news, which, you know, most of it is compromised. So I kind of filter it out and read between the lines. I go to different websites on different countries and look in the comment section to see what the real people are talking about. So I have my own system when I wake up to just kind of get hip about what I'm going to talk about for that day. Since I do YouTube and, and, and other platforms like that, I just have to say I don't think that I'm some source or some wannabe journalist or some wannabe media person. I am who I am and this is something that I enjoy doing. And I've gotten in trouble for being uh, very blunt with my opinions, but there's sometimes layers to things that many of us don't want to peel back and see. You know, when we have uh, celebrities, when we have athletes, when we have uh, people who are on the forefront in the compromised media that is very demonic, very negative, and, and there are layers behind that, a lot of us kind of latch on to some of these celebrities and, and public figures or manufactured public figures and we get emotional about them and we kind of defend them and we kind of uphold them now I have to offer a partial apology okay and why I say partial is because I stand by my words on respecting our sisters when they're going through a time of grief but one of the people who are on the show with Lily Fire. Uh, titled, We All Must Send Our Love to Regina King. Around the 54-minute mark, around about then, because I have it frozen on the screen so I can read the comment, there was a person uh, named Jojo Bizarre Adventure Stone Ocean. And he made a comment, um, while Mr. Skurve, I guess, at some point in the video was saying how we have to stand by our sisters, we have to you know, show love to them at a time of loss. Of course, yes, and, and I still stand by that. So that's why I said it was a partial um, apology, meaning that I, I did come down on him for saying, and again, Jojo, I don't know if it's a male or a female. That's one of the names that could kind of go both ways. I'm not being funny. So I, I'll just assume it's a guy by the aggression that came out, um, especially in his defense of black men. But let me read his uh, one of his comments, or even two uh, of his comments and it basically said I, I feel sorry for Regina King's son but she has denigrated black men on social media and in black women's magazines uh, perhaps if she took uh, the time to be a better mother her son would still be here and, and I kind of took that at the time like wow you know we're all giving our warm fuzzies to Regina King and, 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 and positive energy and all of that good stuff and it just seemed uh, like something in stark contrast to say. But I, I laid down on that. I said, well, you know, people sometimes come out and say some things. And I know I do. And people don't know how to accept it because they might not know me. Like the first time they may go on a video and I'm like ranting against something. They say, oh, this guy's a prick. He must always be that way. And they'll go look at another video and say, Lance, you know, I was really, I really took you the wrong way. But I can see since I saw a few of your videos, like you're a real person, right? And you can't judge a, a, a you can't assess a tree by the branch that doesn't have any fruit on it. It might be a mango uh, a, a, a bush, a tree. It might be an orange tree. Just because you don't see something or you think, you know, you fill in the blanks, 
you know, so that statement, it kind of came down with him, and I was saying how this is the wrong time, and, you know, all that good stuff, right? So let's go down a little bit more. And many in the room didn't feel the comments, okay? Now, here's the other one. Um, and he was answering someone uh, back. And he said, no, that, that uh, grace is never given to black men. She has insulted black men and encouraged black women to swirl. She should have gotten her son help instead of demonizing black men. Hmm. That was, that was telling. Now that I found out a few other things. Now, I went to sleep. I, I put this stuff up on Lanscurve.com, shameless plug. And I went to sleep and then I woke up. And I kind of scrolled through the comments, because I do. And then I like to interact with um, many of the people who, whether they subscribe to the channel or not. Sometimes you have crazy comments, idiotic comments, you ignore them. But then sometimes two pieces of, of the puzzle come together. Now, going to bed on that comment, as it stuck out from JoJo, I wake up and there's a sister, I'm assuming, okay, named Kina Leisure, leisure, leisure. It's like leisure with no I in there. So I, I, I apologize if I'm uh, pronouncing it wrong. Okay, they made th this person made two points. Number one, they said, I think we get way too emotional about celebrities who are often sellouts to the black community and to the kingdom of God. I say this as a Christian and African American. Okay, number two. Did you see the interview Anderson, Anderson Cooper did with Regina King on New Year's Eve? It was nuts. Anderson Cooper was so drunk and cackling like a witch as Regina talks about inclusivity and in a roundabout way, hints of her son's homosexuality and his white male lover. It was messy. It was so messy. Now, in my search and in my search for proper keywords to tag that video that I did and that one was titled Regina King's son commits suicide so many questions so few answers okay it wasn't really that I was speaking on that video like I knew exactly what happened it was more of a let's show some love to Regina King type thing but we also speculated on what could have driven her son Ian Alexander Jr. to kill himself that is if he did kill himself okay because many people are saying it's a sacrifice. And we're all going to transition. And it's not always going to be a sacrifice. But when you're connected to that world, I don't blame many of us for thinking that initially. Like, let's think that and try to find reasons why it's not that. Because I feel it's more often than not. That's just my two cents. That's a very shady world. We know that. Now, thinking of it that way, I said, let me search this video and see what was in it that Kina saw. So I said, here, I'm just waking up. I'm in a bed. It's bringing me down this trail now. So I will agree and say that really one of the main points of this video was to get um, us for him coming out. He never said, I'm coming out gay. And I found it funny. He had this hat on. He had his glasses on, I think, and he had his hat on, and it covered his face. Like, okay, mom, we're going to come out in this video. I'm going to come out in this video, but I'm not going to say anything, but I'm going to let you do it. But I'm hiding my face because I'm still not comfortable with it all the way type thing. Plus, Regina and her son, they were straight drunk. They were talking about, they mentioned drinking or whatever. Okay, 
I'm not knocking them for their personal choices or anything. I'm just pointing these things out. Did they have to really get drunk to do this? And what lets me know that there's something a little bigger that why, in, why is this the push for the interview? Now, I'm not going to get all technical because I want to get this out there and I want to get your opinion. And I'm going to drop the link for the video in there. I'm not going to read. I'm going to replay parts of it in a crude way. I'm going to hold the phone up to my microphone. Right. I'm not going to play the whole thing where YouTube can say, oh, you played CNN's video. And so now we got to strike this one down or we, we're going to knock off your channel because I'm not, you know, th th I just had two, two channel strikes. Third, third time and you're gone. I have other backup channels, Skurv Media and Lance Skurvin. Okay, the full last skirt, you know, the last name Skurvin. Eh, I broadcast on them every now and then, but they're, they're just there. But then if my whole stuff gets knocked down, every other thing gets knocked down. So I'm going to set up some other channels that have nothing to do with me in a way of name. Where it's going to be an email, it's going to be a different name, you'll know it's me. And I will promote it. Okay, so I know I have to do that. But I am separately and independently on Lanskerve.com with all my videos. Okay, so they can't take that down. But just get used to going to Lanskerve.com because there will be content there that you'll see not on YouTube or anywhere else. The really bold, raw, and uncut con uh, uh, content. I have to keep saying that. Sorry to keep saying that, but I have to drill it in everybody's head. So if they do get me, <laughs> you'll know where to come find me because we're not going to stop this. Even if I have to go on a corner with a bullhorn when I feel like talking about something, I'm going to do it. And again, not because I think that I'm all that. I'm just a person who likes to express my opinion and show the things that I see that other people don't see. That's like a glaring um, eruption of, of visual and, and, and spiritual vibrations, you know, when I see these things. So now, let's get to the video. And again, I'm going to put this link so you can see the whole thing yourself in the bottom. And um, let's roll with it now. When Regina King, and this is early on, before even a minute, this is what let me know this was the push. Because anybody doing videos or in that world know through the analytics that 100% of the people usually watch a few moments of a video. Some will leave after a minute or less than a minute if they're not interested in it. Some will leave after two minutes, three minutes, whatever the amount of time it is. This uh, video, particular video was nine minutes and four seconds. So... Evidently, the push was to speak about Ian's coming out without saying it, but insinuating it. And Ian's white, uh, supposedly, allegedly, gay lover was sitting on the side, on the other side of Regina King. And she basically said that that was her bonus son, or that was her son too, and she hugged them both up. I want, I'm going to say what it, what it was to the effect. And she basically spoke about inclusivity, right? Being inclusive, it makes things better. You know, and, and I'm taking it that, well, okay, her son, okay, allegedly might be gay, right? And so now that he's included and let's show some inclusivity that, you know, it makes things better and we should really go that way. And that was the push. And um, Andy Cohen and Anderson Cooper were on the other side of the split screen. So this was New Year's, so I'm assuming they're down in Times Square, you know, like they usually do, Anderson Cooper, and who was gay, and Andy Co Cohen, who I'm... Uh, <laughs> he's probably gay. I don't know because I don't follow the guy, but I'm kind of picking up his vibes. And some people are going to say, well, what does it matter? It caters their business. Why are you all in their business? These people are very influential over the lives of others. And if somebody's riding the fence and they look 
and they admire these guys, they'll blindly take their lead and do what they do. It's all about influence and it's all about turning out the masses of people with their ideology. You're on TV, I don't care if you're four foot two, 500 pounds, got a bald spot, uh, missing, got more toes than teeth, stuff in the corny eye looking like yogurt, right? Breath like Limburger cheese, morning breath in the afternoon. If you're there enough, you're going to influence somebody. And don't think that this precious airtime where you have advertisers who are backing you up, they put their ads on these shows. Don't forget that this is a business. This is not a game. You just breeze through and watch a video. This is big, big business. And more so than it being big, big business, it's about influencing the minds of the masses a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here. And, and like I say, look, if you're gay or LGBTQ, do what you do behind closed doors. I don't care. Does anybody care what I do behind closed doors? Surely not. Unless you're involved with me or you like me and want to know what I do and what I like to do. But that's nobody's business. So what I'm saying is that when you speak on these things and you see these things and you say, hey, back in the 70s, back in the 80s, they didn't push this gay. Everything you see on TV has to have a bit of gayness in it. Is this hate speech? No, this is fact and it's speculation, personal. And, and they push this thing to the forefront. And we're speaking about Ian Alexander Jr. because they say he committed suicide three weeks after this interview. And he didn't say much. He was hiding behind that hat. So, at the 42nd mark, I think I'm a little earlier in it, but I want you, and I'm just going to roughly take my phone. I don't really do that. I got so many other things to do. I just let me throw this thing up real quick. And I'm going to play this. And there's another part I'm going to play. And here it is. Andy Cohen, Anderson Cooper, Regina King, Ian uh, Alexander Jr., and this white guy who she claims to be and she says something in this about the life together of these two. Come on, she's telling you right there. Which may play into the fact that he's not there. Who, who knows? And, and that hat. Why, why are you hiding, man? You drunk and you hiding. Here we go. Here we go. 40 second mark of this video. Boom. This past two years has uh, kind of sat with me is inclusivity and with all we've been through through the past two years just how different we all are different the one thing that we all have in common is that we want to be seen we all want to be included gay and we should be and when we are all included and the wait 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 i want you to notice this when you watch the video when she said and when we all are included, the camera comes off of just her and it pans back. Anybody who has worked in TV, they got to know that this is something that's orchestrated. It pans back to show her son on her left side, on our right side of the screen. And this dude, the white dude, who I'm assuming is the gay lover of the son, right? Which is none of my business, but this is very crucial when you watch this video. Okay, let me pull it back a few seconds so, so we can get a better, this is at the 33 second mark, I'm gonna let it run, but listen to the words very carefully in this one part between the lines. Here we go. Um, hit me, that, that really stuck with me throughout the year. And one of the things that uh, this past two years 
<laughs> has uh, kind of sat with me is inclusivity. And with all we've been through through the past two years, just how different we all are. But the one thing that we all have in common is that we want to be seen. We all want to be included. And we should be. And when we are all included, things are better. Things feel better. Absolutely. Things drink better. <laughs> yes. Things look better. And, and, and ironically... Diageo actually is a, a company that actually kind of subscribes Listen closely. to and that spirit, that spirit of a spirit of progress, right? So here we are with, okay, this is my son. The white guy? Oh uh, yeah, this is my son. This is my son. No, this is my bonus son. And this is my son, 20 years we're all together. This whole family of people are together because of these two and their their lives together. They brought us together. Okay, these and two in their lives together. These two, meaning her son and a white guy, in their lives together. Come on, y'all. It couldn't mean anything else but that. And when she when she was speaking about you know the company and bring and, and how we're all inclusive, all this stuff, the son picked up his drink and toasted and put his hand up in the air and he was smiling and he said something in his breath i think he said uh, it's progress right but he was still hiding behind the hat like mommy please i don't want to come out of the closet by myself please do it for me and that's what this was all about it wasn't really about regina king it was about this her son why if 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 it was a suicide is it that he couldn't handle the blowback from Coming out on national TV on New Year's? Is it that? Or is it that he came out and other people had plans as a sacrifice somehow? Because another thing I want to speak about. Now, Andy Cohen, I'm going to run this up. I wrote down the time on a, on a card here. I'm just being very honest with you. This is not some great production. But at the, I'm going to move it to the 738 mark. And, and Andy Cohen kind of brings up. And, and Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen are straight drunk. They're pissy drunk. And they're like semi-actors. They know how to hold things together, but it's still spilled out. Um, the only person that wasn't drunk was a white guy, the way it appeared. Maybe he was, but he was real quiet. But he didn't appear to be. You know, now, I'm going to move it up to the 738. I wrote it down to move it to the 738 mark. And Andy Cohen brings up this thing. Um, let's play a game of never have I ever. Like, I'm going to bring up some dirt to let you know that we got stuff on you type thing. And Regina didn't act any kind of embarrassed way. But I took it that way. Like, I'm going to remind you of something that you did or something we know about you from years ago. Here we go. This is Andy Cohen speaking with his drunk self. Can we play a skit game of Never Have I Ever? We We're going to play a quick game of Never Have I Ever. Drink if you've ever done this thing, okay? Okay. Drink if you've ever done this thing. Okay. Never Have I Ever. Um... Lusted after someone on Bridgerton. <laughs> and that's Anderson Cooper cackling in the back. I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta go through everybody on Bridgerton. Give me a second. <laughs> never, never have I ever had to explain WAP to Marla Gibbs. <laughs> Jack A, I know that you have had to do this. Yes. Now, now what I'm saying is that, like, what kind of veiled threat was that on 
to Regina King because she played like she didn't know. She's like, oh, no, I got I to gotta go through everybody in Bridget and whatever. whatever. I'm, I'm assuming it's a show. I don't watch any of these things, but I'm not turning my platform into a celebrity gossip type stuff, but I'm going to start watching that world a little more because it tells you how vicious that world is. And I was going to speak on these things on the rooftop, but I didn't want to do even yet another Regina King video uh, unless it's something that I really see I need to speak on. So I'm going to add these things in here now, right? Now, going back, going back now to what um, Jojo Bazaar said, okay, when he said, I feel sorry for Regina King's son because she has denigrated black men on social media and in black women's magazines. Perhaps if she took the time to be a better mother, her son would still be here. Like that's, that, that's what kind of ticked me off, not knowing, but seeing this video and knowing how that world is, I know it's deep. And for those who don't know, not, not that it qualifies me anymore, but I, for a while, worked on, and we're not talking two weeks, about a year. I worked on, because when I say a while, they say, oh no, you're just amping it up. No. I worked on the People's Court TV show as security, and I got to know a lot of the staff there. We were security for Harvey Levin, who is uh, the creator and owner, I guess, he doesn't work alone, of TMZ. And when you look at TMZ, how if a person, a celebrity, digs their nose and pulls out a booger and flings it somewhere, they're on it. We know where the booger was flung. We have video evidence of him doing it and where it is. I mean, like, they're on you like that. And it's like almost to the point where when they come out with something, you best believe that nine times out of ten, they know what they're talking about. And then the news comes out later after it, and it's like, how they're always all over the place. Now, I know that they make it where if you have tips, you can call it in. But there's something more sinister than that. And why I brought that up, because there were about two or three other guys that were security there really for Harvey, right? And it was right there on 7th Avenue and 47th Street. There's a little um, theater, like a movie theater, that, that was renovated to be a tourist information center. And this is back in 2000 and early 2001 when I left to move down to Florida. So most of the time, we're standing around. There was a little room deep into that place. You walk down a long hall like when you walk in to movie theaters. And there was a little tiny room as soon as you turn right when you get into the actual theater part, which is not a theater anymore. And that's where he changed because, you know, if he did like five shows, you know, he'd do it all at one time, but he had to have five different jackets, blazers to wear, so that when one show is played and another one, it's like, oh, this is a whole different day. He's not running the same blazer or the same outfit. He might sometimes even change his shirt. And that's what I've learned sometimes. If I'm doing multiple, like, some, uh, videos on a series, I'll, I'll change my shirt a couple times. And then I'll put one out one day, one out the next day, if it's just something in concept, right? Um, but if it's some kind of breaking news thing and you want to just get wherever you, wherever you are. That's why I keep my, some equipment with me so I can start to get content immediately upon hearing on things. So I learned a lot and didn't really understand that in a sense I was being groomed by seeing how intense people in that industry worked. I also worked on um, crossing over with John Edwards. I was a receptionist, but... I was really security, and I worked alongside with an, a, a detective that came there who brought the firepower. 
And the reason why it was like that is because those are, that was the office of the producers of Cross Nova with John Edwards. And a lot of religious groups, and especially Christian radical groups, did not like the fact that he claimed to be talking to the dead. So, you know, people don't understand. When they hear Christian, they think, oh, is that peace and love? No, some of these radical Christian groups have threatened to come up there and just machine gun the place. So, while it was down the block from the actual studio, they never put the address out. They never made it where um, you could publicly find out. But still, they took the precaution of, um, you know, having me there. Like, what could I do if somebody came in with a machine gun? But I was a soft touch. And, and the detective who, I won't say it, but anyway, we had a lot of similarities. He's another black man, right? Haven't spoken to you in a long time, brother. Wish you reach out to me sometime. Uh, uh, 407-590-0755. You call and it goes through the because I'm in Africa, but it won't charge you anything more. Anyway, um, we were right above the offices of Montel and his show. And lots of the producers, lots of the accountants, Lots of the people who, who, the different titles of people, it was one big happy family. And I got to hang out with these guys and hear things. And I understood how this world was. But going back to the People's Court TV show, I worked on Curtis Court. And I worked on a few other shows that just bombed. You know what I mean? Um, but I learned a lot about that world. And there were people who came up to Harvey on set between the times that he was uh, recording. Because they had a big TV out there right on the sidewalk. And they had girls that, you know... Hit, hit back into the crowd, like, do you want to be on the People's Court TV shows? And New Yorkers are like, eh, we see this all the time. But the tourists, some little white lady from Wisconsin, some little old white lady from Texas somewhere, oh my God, my favorite show! And they'd stand there for the 10 or 15 minutes that it took for them to um, commercial free show the show, and then they'd stand there, and Harvey would come out and ask them questions. They would then take that recording and add it on to the court scene that was pre-recorded and make it appear to be live. I had to speak all this stuff so you know how that worked. So I'm very observant. Didn't know why in my life I was here. I knew I was working. I was making good money. But now I see why. You know, I, I see how, and I'm not an expert in it, but just because of a two-bit job like that, but I got a chance to see how they moved. I saw uh, Hollywood big wigs, and I'm not talking about famous people, right? But they would walk up, holes in their jeans, and you see a little Rolex watch, maybe you see some, a Mickey Mouse watch. But these guys would, like between takes, talk to Harvey. We had to stand near them. But there were times when he's like, Lance, you, you, you need to just step back and give me a little privacy. I said, okay, I'm just doing my job. I'm here if you need me. I would keep him in sight, but let him talk. And later on, you'd have the makeup girl. Or you'd have a guy who was calibrating the colors. They had a lot of equipment out there that you just never saw, right? And they would say, Lance, do you know who that was? He's the biggest man at NBC. Or this person, uh, nobody knows who he is, but that guy calls the shots in Hollywood to a point, along with two or three other guys. And I'm like, whoa. But you knew these guys had some kind of weight to them in that world, the way they carried themselves. I'm big on body language. I don't care what you have on. I'm big on body language, and I knew. And even Harvey was acting subservient to these guys. Like, damn, man. Because Harvey was very arrogant in his carriage. And, of course, you know he's part of the LGBTQ community. So he's Jewish, part of that community. And this video might get flagged for me saying that. That's just what I observe, and it's just my opinion. Right? Um, so, and he has a, a modicum of great power in Hollywood. So when a guy like Andy Cohen could come out and say, let's play this game of never have I ever. Everybody's giggling, but to me it was a veiled threat. 
And she dealt with it and brushed it off in a humorous manner. And also, uh, Jack K. Harris was there because of their dealings in a show from 10 years ago. And I don't know these shows like this, but you know, she was there in the screen. She said a few things, and they congratulated her. And pulling back, and you'll see the whole thing. And there are other points that maybe I could have gotten in on. I just wanted to make those uh, two uh, points. But there's something about, and I'm not at this point going to call Regina a king a sellout. But she's definitely in. And people are going to say, well, why didn't you say this when you were saying those glowing things? I said it about her as a black woman, as a sister, which still stands. Because even when we come against our sisters who are wayward, or, or, or maybe they might be a sellout, or maybe they may have an agenda, or, or bow down to the powers that be in Hollywood, or even in politics, whatever world that is dominated not by us, maybe one day they'll wake up to see what they're, they're involved in. I do know, I'm used to seeing her face from the 80s. It's like, she didn't age. She's 50 years old, around about, I think she just said that she turned 50. And, um... She's done many wonderful roles and good roles, but when you're in that world so long, you gotta wonder, like, who, who you connected with? And again, I'm not one of these guys who think that any bit of black success in a world that's not dominated by us is some kind of compromise or some kind of Illuminati conspiracy. You know, I'm not that guy, but it's obvious. And I do know, and this is going... Not off topic, but I'm extending it a bit. And I didn't even think I was going to be on here that long like this. I got to get myself ready for the morning show. And I got to, um, I'm going to ch still try to squeeze a rooftop in. I'm going to keep it off the subject or off this subject since I'm going in on it so hard. But there's something about gay white males and black women who have that tendency to or propensity to sell out. Between those two, I'm not saying all black women, but some who may feel they have a chance to gain in these other worlds, many of them will throw the black man under the bus. Many will. Well, well, well prove your point, Lance. I'm speaking in generalities. I've lived life. I've seen this. This is a drive-by video. Come on, y'all. You know there's, there's some truth to what I'm saying, right? We're just having a conversation. But when I say that, even in the gay white world who always will accept an alliance or support from black women or black people in general, but more so black women. Black women are the most powerful beings on the planet. And they like to tap into that energy and influence for their purpose. And in the white gay world, I'm, I'm trying to be measured here because, you know, I may say something, somebody run with it, and, ah, I'm going to flag you, and, oh, you're the worst thing in the world. I'm really being relaxed, and you know how I talk. This is not something that I wrote notes down, and I'm just talking straight from the hip and from the heart. But in that white gay world, there's a lot of racism. You think that not only does the system all systems in America especially and, and most over the world the UK and other places the system of white dominance must rule and in the white gay world the white gay ma male world the straight black man is the enemy 
the straight black man is not going to be included. And I believe that many of the actors, since we're speaking about Hollywood, who portray themselves as a straight black male, a lot of them are not. Because they're not going to give the hookup to a straight black man who has to tolerate all of this gay white racism and just gay white toxic um, they talk about toxic masculinity that's some toxic masculinity and no this is not hate speech this is my opinion which really are my facts let's face it those who have an opinion we have to be nice and say this is my opinion to be non-threatening but our opinions are our personal facts when, it's, when we speak on things that you can't pin down with, with, you didn't go out there and do a survey, but you know this in your heart. When you see someone in the street who is staggering and their eyes are red and bloodshot and they piss their pants, well, I mean, they might have been on heavy medication or taken too much medication that was doctor prescribed. But chances are, you know, they're a drunk. When you see somebody coming up on you at the corner of your eye, your peripherals, and you just came out of the bank, and this person's walking next to you, clocking you. You stop to tie your shoe. They stop to tie theirs. And they're motioning to two or three other guys across the street. You're about to get robbed. Okay? We have instincts. We know the deal about certain things. So what's the problem? So anyway, in this gay white world, I've come to the conclusion through lots of experience that they want the black woman's energy for themselves but they don't want you as a straight black man to have it benefit from it they must benefit from it and some of our sisters some 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 not all go for it because they're so um they're so caught up in where they can go and like she said in the beginning we all want to be seen that was to say that gays want to be seen and using her son as an example. He's shaking his head and he's toasting and whatever. But he was still looking like he wanted to hide behind that hat. So that, that's what this whole thing was about. So I thank you both. Jojo. And Akina. That you didn't make your comments. In the same time period. But. It, it hit me a certain way. That we need to speak about this. And. Um. There's another comment here, Clarissa Caldwell, it, it caught my, my eye. She said, these famous people seem so innocent and pretend to be ignorant of the fact that they do kill off people and rise up higher in the industry they are in. They pretend uh, not to know nothing, but they know. That's why they are not permitted to be around average, everyday people. You're right. You're right. This is like the mafia, y'all. This is like you know, blood in, blood out. Because there's a lot of money and influence that you are granted. You, you, you are granted on their platforms a lot of influence that if you said anything diametrically opposed to what they believe in or what their mission statement is, and I'm quite sure they sat that they sat sit these people down and let them know this is where you'll go. This is what we will do. They're not going to say it directly, but. They're going to say it in the way that you know. If you go off the program. This is why they can blackball you so easily. This is why they can make you disappear so easily. Think about Michael Bazden. 
The man is around my age. I think he's a little younger than me. I'm 59 in April. But he's up there. He had the most banging radio show in America that, that, that leaned toward our culture or our manufactured culture, basically. It, it is compromised. Yeah, he played good, good old soul music and oldies and, you know, stuff like that. He talked about black issues. He did include other people of other races, but it was really for us. And we, and, and many people didn't really, like, love him all that way. It wasn't like he was, like, the perfect person because there are people who saw that he had a little ego. Um, and I have to say that even in that industry, you have to have it to believe in yourself and to know. Um, but, yeah, he did after a while. But he did a lot of things that many radio um, hosts didn't do especially for black people in these different movements and awareness of certain things that are going on in the country. And somebody didn't like it. So they basically put out there that he wanted more money. And I don't think that's what it was. It was just that, hey, you're doing too much for your community. You're bringing too much awareness. We've got to get rid of you. And he's gone. And why couldn't he come back? He was good at what he did. And I mean, he tried to get, I mean, I know he's still doing little things on the internet, but it's not even touching anything with, 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 the, with that so-called dominant um, culture in America, which they are not dominant worldwide. Again, white folks all over the world are 9% of the population worldwide. This is why when you're in America and we have close proximity to them and a modicum of power more so than other people in the world, meaning that black folks all over the world look up to black Americans, those who are doing really good. They also see the other side through social media like, oh, I don't want to be like that. But we do have power when we go other places. I've only been here a year and so many months. And people walk up to me and really fly in the street and say, oh, we love what you're doing. Big shout out to Sister Sue, Susie, who we saw and ran into last night by the uh, Cromwell. That was, a nice, that was a nice meeting. And do call us. Um, they don't want you to have that on your own when you do things or have an ideology that's opposed to theirs. And you got famous on their dime and now you're going to leave and, and, and speak on different things they don't want you to speak? Because, you know, a little guy like me who's never really been in that world except to be security, you know, a bodyguard near Harvey Levin, I don't have any credibility. I'm just this dude who gets on and draws and writes and whatever. This is what I do. But... When you have the stamp of approval at one time, even when they take it, you still have a modicum of credibility because they, oh, we know that she was right up there or he was right up there with them. So she must know something. But some of us can be so scary. And these are the things that you have to do when you, when you get in with them. They dictate the movement. They dictate the boundaries and the barriers of how far you can go. I mean... It's, it's got to be true. But things happen so weird. We all will transition. Suicide amongst black men between, I think it was uh, 17 and 24. Correct me, Sister Sandra, if I'm wrong. Trauma Thursday, every Thursday here. Mental health professional, Sandra Hinton, comes on and speaks about different issues. And I'm, she said what she wanted to speak about, but maybe she might talk about this a little bit also from a professional standpoint. Um, you got to understand this is a wicked world. Anytime there's millions and millions and millions of dollars and we have a face or faces or actors and actresses and, and talk show hosts and anchor people, they are the face 
in the entertainment industry. And when you have that face and have been granted that face, there's a lot of consequences that come with it. You, look, Anderson Cooper, we know he's gay. Don Lemon, we know he's gay. Don Lemon is the sweetest lemon in existence. Joke, joke. But Anderson Cooper, do you think he has a life? And I'm, I'm kind of going all over the place. I'm going to bring it back on and, and end it because I've been on here far too much longer than I thought. Anderson Cooper is the face of CNN. Now, I'm not saying it as a person who says they have real power and I'm in awe of their power. But what I'm saying is that in the world, in a worldly order, don't you know how powerful CNN is? How they can mold the minds of the people by what they put out there and, and slightly put their slant on the news to influence the masses to see a certain thing a certain way? That's power. Don't you think that they work along with the U.S. government to help slant the minds of the people? Say if the government is about to go or the country is about to go to war with another country, they have to slant and smear the credibility of the so-called enemy. So you are behind now what the government does because of the influence of a man you trust, Anderson Cooper. See? Because he's that man, look, most of y'all, black folks, everybody, if he showed up at your front door and said, please, ma'am, um, you might not know me. I'm Anderson Cooper from CNN, and I really have to use your restroom. You ain't going to pat him down. You're like, oh, I trust him. I've seen his face for so many years. He's so honest. He's so mannerable. Go ahead, Anderson. As a matter of fact, when you come out, I I'm cooking dinner. Would you like to get, you know, get something to eat? Do you have money to go where you're going? This guy got so much money. I, I, look, they're not paying him 10 bucks an hour. You know what I mean? He's not complaining. But they have elected to make him the face, the primary face of CNN. And we know Don Lemon is there also. And they have to say or have someone who kind of looks like us so nobody will complain. But Igato, right? If it was me and they saw my stuff and they gave me the speech, like Lance... You are no longer yourself. We literally own you. You will get paid well. You will have a good life. It's a lot of work. Because if we tell you that you have to go to Czechoslovakia tomorrow morning, we're going to pay and take care of everything, but your black ass has to be on that plane. You could have had a date. You could have had a, 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 a time set up to be with your kids. But they own you. So you know... And he knows what he's in. And this is the way it is with the media. There are many people that I've known in the media that I, and that I know. I'm not trying to be Big Willie. I've been out here 21 years. Don't you think? Quietly, some have reached out to say, Lance, you hit it on the head. Please don't tell anybody that I said that. But what you said, and it's not always I hit it on the head. Sometimes I say things and it ends up not being true and people rag me. But one thing, there is authenticity here, like anybody else. We, none of us get it all right 100%. Understand that. But what I'm saying is that most of us don't look past the first layer. We digest what is given to us, just like a little baby sitting up in a child's high, the high chair and your mother feeding you a spoon feeding you vegetables or applesauce. You just open up your mouth. Looks like a little bird in the nest. Open up, and you just—it can be. Porn.
poison in there. Now, most mothers wouldn't do that. We do have some sick ones who would do something like that. But for the most part, mothers are not going to hurt their children that way. And because they put themselves out there being so wholesome and caring, like they are schooled on what to say, even though they know how to work their show. I have seen on TV sets where people, producers and people say, you have to get passionate about this. You have to amp this up even more and whatever. And then they go on and do what they do. And we knew the drill. There were times that it was so cold out there on 7th Avenue and 47th Street. And I think it's 47th Street. It's right next to a, a 24-hour McDonald's and right across where you have the little ticket place where the letters are red and there's a white background, whatever. There have been times when it was so cold out there early in the morning, we're standing around. Nobody's standing there to watch the show. And Harvey would say, listen, we need more people here. It's early in the morning because we'd be out there all day. And this is what you're going to say. You know, pretty much say this in your own words. And you'd have to take the earpiece out because we would communicate with each other. We had like the radios and the earpieces and the holster and everything. And so we would, you know, be the ones who were talking about the show. Now, there's several episodes from back at that time, friends of mine that I've lost contact with are like, Lance, I saw you on the People's Court TV show. It's out there still. But that was 2000 and 2001, right before I moved down here. I, I, I've caught some of the um, episodes, but I don't know which episode to tell you to go to. And if you watch any old ones and you find it, let me know. Send me a link. Send me a link. Because I've been on the show in that capacity where... It was really cold and really early and nobody's out there. I'd say about five or six times. I was bald the same way, shaving my head and got on and talked. But they didn't say this is security and this is why we're doing this. So a lot of it is staged. And don't you know with reality TV shows, come on. If they don't get the, the rankings and the ratings, they're off the air. So they are told to amp things up to make it entertaining. So the more decadent, the more... Uh, niggerish you can be for the entertainment of the people out here who look at us low anyway on these reality TV shows the more the better some of us act that way but these people who are in this position do they really act this way they know it's big business they know their careers depend on it and they're well paid coons for the man and the man is not really a straight man anymore Hollywood the entertainment industry is the LGBTQ thing. Am I mad at them? That's your thing. It's your thing. Do what you're going to do or do what you want to do. I can't tell you. <laughs> That's their thing. I'm content being away physically from all of that mess. They're pushing LGBTQ over here. It's going to be a fight, y'all. <laughs> Some of these countries ain't going for it. You can do what you do behind closed doors, but why do you have to broadcast it? Why do you have to make it the premier thing to push your agenda? And why is it that you prefer, well, I told you why. Well, the black woman is the most powerful human entity on the planet, and you want her energy for, for their purposes. And so I'm not going to say that Regina King is a total sellout. I don't know her, but it's damn sure looking like she's in bed with somebody. And I'm not saying that she doesn't have talent, because evidently she's worked hard. But to be in an industry like that for so long, when there are so many other talented black women, why is it always, I'm not saying it's always her, but it's always a limited pool where they add in a little bit. Like when you're adding in ingredients in a soup and you 
Oop, more salt. Let's add a little bit more in. Oop, a little more pepper. Right? There's, there's so many people who are wide-eyed and bushy-tailed and, you know, green behind the ears. Who want to go and they just want to be seen. Just like she said in the beginning. But it's not about talent being seen. It's about gay people wanting to be applauded and seen by the masses. But there's something in many of them that hurts because they know they're not really. But, but gay white men, they rule the entertainment industry. And you better jump through the hoops that they put out there. Because if not, they'll, they can always find another willing nigger in their mind to take your place and jump through the hoops that they designate. That's the way I see it. Please convince me otherwise. I'm not asking you or begging you, but um, no. Look, I'm not going to demonize everybody that I've just mentioned. But I remember driving the bus in Orlando, Florida. And I've done it for many years. Um, I was on the outbound 21 route from downtown. This was in the afternoon. And I was on Central Avenue in Orange Blossom Trail, waiting for the light to change. Had a full bus. This was rush hour. I was coming home. Um, there were, there was a, there was a, a drop top Mercedes facing south on Orange Blossom Trail. And they were waiting to turn. They were in the turning lane. They were going to turn left and pass by me. So they were waiting, 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 waiting. But so many cars were going north on Orange Blossom Trail that they didn't have a chance to really turn. So they had to wait all over again for the light to turn uh, green. Because I don't think there was a turn light. So on my left-hand side, there was a gay black male who was homeless. How do I know all of this about him? When I worked in the jail, I got to know him quite well. And he had a drug problem, but it stemmed from what I would see. And again, I'm not a professional, but you know, like I said early on, it is what it is, and you know what it is when you see it. That it was emotional, because I knew part of his story. It was spiritual, and it was a little mental. See, it's not always where it's just one category. Oh, he has emotional problems, that's it. It could be spiritual 10%. Emotional, 40%. And mental, 50%. And so on and so on. It might be not so mental. Maybe 5%. And 50 or 80% emotional and 15% spiritual. It's never one thing because each one category affects the other. But out of your 100% and you have issues, how much is those, how much, what's the proportion of those issues in those different categories that give you that issue. So you got to figure this stuff out. But I knew this about him because I would sit and speak with him. I can't say counsel. I'm not a professional. But, you know, you are a counselor where you can listen when you work in corrections and you'll save yourself issues down the line when problems arise with the people that are there and the other folks that are there. I hate to say the word inmates. But um, they were there, these two white men. And not because they were in a Benz. But, you know, you see a Mercedes-Benz, and then you see a Mercedes-Benz. And I'm not caught up in the things of the world. I drove a Benz at one point in my life early on. My father gave me one that he had. And it was too much to keep up. I got rid of the bad boy with the quickness after a few months. <laughs> I was in front, and I'm like, I ain't got no money. I I'm not on that level to afford this. But it was nice. But this Mercedes that they had looked like it just came off the showroom floor, or they had it maintained so well 
It was a beautiful piece of art, that car. Let's just call it what it is. It's beautiful. I'm not into just worldly stuff, though. So you had these two white men that were pale. And the way they were groomed, you know, they, they were just like metrosexuals on first sight. Like, like, who are these guys? You know, you, your eye kind of looks around and you see a lot of things in Orlando, Florida. And this part of Orlando was kind of like the, um, the, the industrial part, part hood, what they would say. But this is the daytime, so those rules didn't matter. But you didn't want to come around here at night. So, by the hand gestures and the motions of these two white men sitting in this drop-top Mercedes-Benz, you can see that there was a whole lot of sweetness going on on that side of town. And when they saw the black man, who was much younger than me, um, I'd say at that time he was in his middle 20s, but he had a rough life. And my heart goes out to him. Wherever he is, everybody, just send your positive energy to him. He might be living that life maybe because he had no choice or he was molested or whatever, or he chose that, but he's still a black brother. We can't throw off. A, we, we need all of us. And we've all been uh, 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 given our own deck of cards in life. And in a game, when you're playing cards, you, you, you have a good hand, you have a, a bad hand. Or when you say good hand, it's good cards that you can possibly, you know, do, do damage in the game. And a bad hand is like, I don't know how you're going to make it with that hand. But in life, lots of times, we have people who are, are handed bad hands. They, they, they come up in a family that's very dysfunctional, and most of us do to some degree, right? Um... But, but they make it in, the, in life. And even if they make it just to be a blue-collar person who might be a janitor cleaning in a, in a school, that may be more of a success than a person who was raised up in, in an affluent household in an affluent neighborhood with parents that were to leave them millions and leave them as trust fund babies, but they end up on drugs and blowing everything, blowing their money every daggone month and end up being nothing. So it's not where you are, it's where you came from. But we need to encourage each other. I would never throw off on any of my brothers or sisters because of, of who they are. What they claim, what they want, whatever, whatever. They got to figure it out. I have to figure mine out. I'm almost 60 years old, 59 in April, and there are things I got to figure out. Things that are coming to me as far as answers. That's what this life is all about. But as the black brother who was downtrodden and homeless and dirty and didn't have any shoes on, clothes ripped up, very dirty, he was digging through the garbage can. He found what appeared to be either McDonald's or Burger King, kind of like Big Mac or Whopper, like you know, cardboard case. And there was a bite of a burger in there. There were lots of flies around this garbage can. And he took a bite, he ate, and he stood there, looked up at this guy, like, oh my God, this is the best tasting piece of food I had in days. Oh, with the flies in it. Could you imagine how the garbage can smelled? And these two white men who were in the Mercedes Benz, they're looking, looking, they looked at each other, they cracked up. They cracked up. And they took the light, because that was a long light for me. And I had people ahead of me that the light changed quick and I'm still sitting in. I used to I used to hate to get caught by that light. But I observed a lot of things. So that being said, they were cracking up. They were in a Mercedes Benz. Duh. I kind of think they might have had their hands on a couple of dollars that they could have given that young black man. To me, it could have been where they were just pricks and just, but to me that was very racist. Like, we're above you and whatever, but yet and still, if they were at a gay rally, they would accept the energy of the, young, of the black woman who would support them, or some of the black men who are foolish to do that. So I say even in 
the L- LGBTQ to me means white. Black folks, for the most part, I've learned in the gay world, they say same gender loving. Because these white folks don't give a damn about you, but they'll take your support so they can get where they have to get to. The example, they would always, yes, the LGBTQ struggle is just like uh, 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 the black struggle. We're in this together. There's so many similarities. Please support us as we support you. They don't support us. They don't support us. When we're getting shot down and marginalized and shut out, they got theirs. And this is what a lot of gay and lesbian women and men hate when I say it because lots of times, and I'm not saying everybody, this is touchy things that I talk about. Please correct me. And don't go on making some videos demonizing me and playing parts of what I say. Because you got some jokers out there who are looking for a come up and I'm going to go shoot down the great landscape and I don't even think I'm great. Evidently you do because you come at me so hard. But I'm saying no. <laughs> like Martin used to say, I'm saying no. <laughs> These people don't support you. They will use you. Just like the white women in the feminist movement recruited so many black women and the black women turned against their men. And now that the white woman is with the, with the white man and they seem to be alright because they are over you, they still look at you as though you're below, like you're less than something, but they damn sure needed your support in the feminist movement in the 70s. But we don't think about these things. We have these folks who are so much younger that don't even know. They just got here. I'm not knocking you because of your age. I got here before you. It doesn't make me any better. But it's like going to Walmart. If I got into the store two hours ago and shopped and you just come into the store and then five minutes later you want to grab something quick, I'm way ahead of you in the line. I've seen things in that store that you haven't seen. You just got here. Consider my voice. Doesn't mean that everything that I say is right. But with this situation, going back to the whole Andy, and the name of the, for those who may not, or not able to get to the link and you hear this on another platform, because we are on Apple and Spotify and a gazillion other podcasting um, platforms. SoundCloud also. The name of the YouTube video is Andy Cohen Surprises Regina King. Boom, that's it. And it's on the CNN YouTube channel. Okay? So, like I said, I searched it out. I'm going to drop the link here on YouTube and everywhere else. And I want you to really look at how they handled this particular thing. That seemed to be lighthearted. It seemed to be like happy, you know, loving, whatever. But when I saw when she was speaking about inclusivity and they were speaking about uh, different and, and all of this stuff and to be included and we all want to be seen and she's sitting between her son and what appears to be the gay lover. He never said anything to the other guy. The other guy just sat there. And when she said, this is my son and hugged him, that's telling you. Like, I am embracing this with my with my. My, my DNA blood, blood son. This is me telling you that I approve of this. This is my offering. This is my Hollywood renewal offering. <laughs> like when you go to renew a license, you got to go pay. I want this renewed. I want the same status that I had before. And she's been doing very well. And I'm not saying that her success is just due to submission to the gay white dominance in Hollywood. I'm not saying that. But <laughs> in a way, I'm saying that. She's talented, but again, don't say I'm hating. Look at the industry, the industry. And look at how many talented black women there are out here in the world that never make it, that have tried so hard. 
they may not have been, been viewed as eligible to fit in with what the power structure in Hollywood knows. Oh, she's not going to go for this. Just give her a little bit part and let her go on. They may not even hate her. That, that woman potentially who has a crap load of talent but would just never make it there. But you got to be talented and you got to be willing to submit whatever it is that they're suggesting. I don't know. I'm not in an industry. I'm only looking at it from what I see. If there's a house on your block and the people that live there are very, very, very young, they might be renting the house, but they don't go anywhere. They don't go to work. Now, maybe they work on the Internet, make a ton of money on the Internet, but they're very ignorant. And you know, this is not the case. They're probably not even having, you know, an Internet connection. But every night, you smell weed coming from out there. You see lots of shady people coming in and out of the place. Doesn't mean it's a trap house, but they're, they're paying their bills somehow. But every woman that hangs around there, after a couple of months of hanging around there, she ends up, you know, pregnant. And there's drama. You're going to pay for this, baby. You're going to take care of your responsibility. So you know the dudes that live there, they ain't sugar honey iced tea. That they're in there doing something, they're smoking, they're probably selling something. You know the reputation from what you've seen over time. You don't know because you ain't in there, but you know because you have enough wisdom to say, you know what? I've lived enough life. There's something going on in there not legit. We know they're having sex. We know they're smoking. They might be sniffing too. I don't know. They keep no regular hours. Sometimes the cops are there and it's quiet when they come there and, you know, they, there's not, no loud screaming or anything like that. But you know that that house is not legit. Would you suggest to your daughter... Well, it's okay to go over there. No, you don't want them over there. Nothing good is coming out of it. So even with us in Hollywood as a people, why can't we do our own thing? We're the ones that help drive this industry. Why don't we support plays, movie productions that may be independent, artists, music artists, and just all types of expression? Why can't we support them, make our own platform? This is why I love watching these Nigerian movies. They can, they can be very worldly, too. I mean, it's very sexual. Like, you know, somebody cheating with this one and somebody cheating with that one. And they have some really well-built women in there to catch your eye. But they're doing their own thing. Even though... You know, it could be... It's done different. It's just nice to see black people doing their own thing. Why can't black people over in America do the same thing and support them and turn their back on Hollywood, turn their back on the music industry as they know it? Having these young, young men and young women in the, in the music industry, especially rap, sign these contracts. They don't have no lawyer to look at the fine print. They sell their lives away. And then you give them $100,000. And out of that $100,000, they're like, whoa. And that was forwarded. Now... Depending on what you make, you get a percentage. What's the percentage? 15%? You ain't getting all of that. But they know we're so hungry for money, they'll give you that 100000 And then you don't realize in the fine print that every single thing you will pay for. So you feel good now when they, you think they up the money and, and, and share the money to say, we're going to do this music video. We're going to rent these expensive cars and models. And we're going to this location. We're all going to fly in. You're like, wow, they're really looking out for me. But you don't know. Out of that $100,000, you pay for everything. Tell me I'm wrong. Those who really know, I know people in that thing. Not because I was born and raised in New York City, but I was in close proximity to a lot of people who told me things. 
And when people who don't know each other tell you things, the same thing, there's got to be a modicum of truth to it. All I'm saying is that in this situation, I don't know how the son, Ian Alexander Jr., how he transitioned. They say it's a suicide. What was he feeling? Maybe he was feeling okay. Maybe it was time to pay the piper for somebody else. Maybe the mother for some reason. All is not the way it appears. But that little funny clip toward, um, or the funny part toward the end, let's play Never Have I Ever. Why would you bring something up that's obviously something that's almost, like I said, it was like almost like we know something about you. Here on national TV, we're going to let you know that we know something about you. So in other words, don't step out of line. We control you. The success that you see, we have afforded you. Was the son leaving this earth payment and they call it a suicide? Look, people have called me a conspiracy theorist, but time and time and time and time again, there's always some shady stuff going on with them people. I don't want to be a part of it. If they can't, no, they know not to come at me because I'm cool where I am. I'll make my money other ways, whatever, and I'm content where I am. I know how to make ends meet. My parents did a very good job with me. Very disciplined, but I don't lust after that. My, 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 I, I don't have the, I'm not saying anybody who's in it has low self-esteem, but a lot of people who have that money or contract waved in front of their face, boy, it's like the best thing in their mind. But where are they now, most of these people? So I didn't intend to be here for an hour <laughs> or an hour and a few minutes. I just thought I was going to say something for 10 minutes. But I just want to say, share your comments and, and be intelligent about it. I'm not hating on anybody. I say what I say in a very passionate way. And if I was out here monotone, hi, my name is Lance Garvin, that's what I think, you would be on that video like three seconds and you'd be out. But this is how I talk. Go to all the thousands of videos that I have out there and you see I talk the same way. I've never changed. I'm just not afraid to speak what's on my mind. Just want to say salute to my brothers and much love to my sisters. Let's keep seeking the truth. And some of us I know will see the truth and want to run away because it doesn't match up with what they thought before. They don't want to see reality for what it is. I'm a realist to the highest sense of the word. I'm a realist. I know. I'm long-suffering. I'm a realist. I've seen how life has gone. I've been through a lot myself. If you're on this channel, you pretty much know kind of the things I've been through. And it's probably much, much more than what you know. I haven't told everything. But I understand. I don't speak in the spirit of malice or jealousy or vindictiveness or I missed the boat. Or he's just a, a wannabe a, a radio dude, but he on YouTube just talking. Anybody can. Yeah, I know you're going to say that. But I'm an artist. I have numerous in, in, interviews as an artist. I didn't come. There was no YouTube when I came out here, y'all. Because of the interviews that I received and people loved it, like, wow, you know, it's such an animated interview. We, we'd love for you to be a radio guy. I'm like, well, how do you do that? You just walk up to a radio station. I want to be the next radio guy. No, it doesn't work that way. We got on blog talk. We talked and did different things. I was rusty. I didn't know how to control the people around me, whatever, whatever. They would use it for their own agenda, whatever. They'd come against you, whatever. I learned. Now I can pop a live show and just talk out my head. I don't think I'm gifted, but I think mm, I do pretty good. Right? This is why YouTube shadow bans this channel. And on that respect, I want to do say I want to say thanks for all of the support. I'm not a rich dude. Everything that you share for the kindness of your heart goes right back into keeping this platform and the computers and everything that break down every few years going. Yes, I'm in a new country and I'm loving it. And 
Many people say that me being here, oh, you, you're bold now. You can talk. I've always talked. I've always talked before. I knew what social media was. I used to surf the internet on web TV in the late 90s. I got my first computer when I moved down to Florida in early 2001. Y'all know that story. So don't, don't, don't make me to be some YouTuber. I am not just a YouTuber. I'm not saying it's something lowly, but don't put me in that category. There's so much more to me than just YouTube. If YouTube was to remove me from their platform and even ban me from doing anything ever again, I will thrive. I will live life and I will enjoy life because I've taken all that I've ever done and all the years, all the decades I've worked to kind of carve out a life that I will live and enjoy until my time comes. Until then, I will do this. I'll speak from the heart and I will give apologies when needed, even if it's a partial apology. Jojo, you were on to something, and the way I was feeling when I had the show, I kind of like thought it was in bad taste, but I'm glad you did, and I thank you for that, and I apologize to you for coming down to you too hard, but it was kind of like the wrong time to say that. Anybody has any kind of opinion or any kind of viewpoint that may be diametrically opposed to what I say, and you're intelligent about it, you want to come on the show and say, hey, I want to speak about this. I'm not going to do shows with you. Oh, you ain't no African. Oh, you, you're indigenous. Oh, you're this Israelite. I'm not, I, I, I don't do those kind of shows, y'all. I know who I am. I know my bloodline. I know my bloodline comes from Ghana. Just like Mr. Scurves. Straight up. And 95% of all the other black Jamaicans that are in Jamaica. And Cubans from the Ashanti area. We know this. I'm not here to fight about that because you don't want to be black or called black and black is not black is the wrong word. I know I am not pitch jet black like ink black. I know I'm high yellow. You'd call you people call me that. Not so much now because I'm in the sun all the time. But the bottom line is that like if you have something that you want to say, just hit me up. You can call me direct if you're in America. 407-590-0755. Please leave a message. If I don't pick up, because I might be in the middle of a recording like this. I got four calls in the time that I've been recording this that I could not pick up. Didn't know the number, but I will. And there's certain people that I'm going to reach back out to. But always you can reach out to me. Lance at LanceGurve.com. That's my email. And let's talk about some things. Let's record things. You don't have to show your face. You don't, whichever way you want to share or you want to tell me something, you want me to talk about it, I'll say, hey, this is not my opinion, but this is what somebody told me. I'm open. I'm the most accessible person on the internet. So if you don't call me or reach out to me, don't be mad. Don't think I'm not going to put what you want to say out. This is, a, this is bigger than me. The platform is named Lance Curve because we have to have some kind of address to go to. And I was told in the early 2000s, you always have your name or, or some type of um, part of your name across what all you do. And that's what I did. I'm not going to change it. <laughs> that's what it is. But this platform is so we can vibe and go deep and kind of learn from each other. Because if I didn't have the snippets of opinion from Kina Leisure and Jojo Bizarre Adventure Stone Ocean. Yo, that second part of your name, Bizarre? <laughs> That's a bizarre YouTube name. I'm not knocking you or ragging you. Jojo Bizarre Adventure Stone Ocean. Wow. But I'm glad that you shared boldly your view viewpoint. And... um. Even I can learn from anybody else. Anyway, I just want to say so long. 
We'll be back with more of the Landscurve podcast where I'm just going to just lay it out, whatever's on my mind. And hopefully you can be stimulated to see things differently or say, well, I'm a quack and he doesn't have any credibility. But I will drop the link below and I want to hear from you in the comment section. Okay? Much love to you all. Take care. So long. On to the next one. Peace.